What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. Uh, Adam, so, uh, wow, I haven't, happy new year, Adam. I haven't seen or spoken to you since, uh, since New Year's before, uh, you know, the week ended up. Uh, how was your New Year's? How are you doing? Happy New Year to you. Welcome back. Happy New Year to you as well. I don't know when we can stop saying that. I always wonder. It's like, when is the expiration date? But it is still early. It's only January 4th. So I think we're okay there. New Year's was okay. Uh, nothing crazy. How was yours? Oh, dude, it was sick, man. I was watching a, I, I watched an old broadcast of a, of a 1995 fish show at Madison Square Garden. Um, I, uh, I, I just shoved a fistful of pills down my throat. Uh, was just took my shirt off, poured a bottle of water over my head, danced like I was like a 20 year old kid at a rave. Uh, it was the sickest time. Definitely sounds like it. No, I didn't do any of that. I did watch the fish show, which mind you ended at midnight or not midnight. It ended at, uh, I mean, midnight Eastern. Uh, so it went to about 10 o'clock at night, my time. And I literally, I sat there after that. I was like, damn, I got to stay up for two more hours now. What the <laughs> hell? It was brutal. And I literally, I sat there. I was like nodding off on the couch and my wife would hit me or something. She'd be like, Joe, get up, get up, get up. We call each other Joe. It's a whole long story, but she's like, Joe, Joe, it's not even New Year's yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was up until 5 a.m. Eastern, so it kind of ruined me for the next day or two. But I think I'm back on track. Oh, so you took the fistful of pills that I claim to have taken. I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a whole lot cooler if you did, Ronus. Whole I lot just cooler. did it. I'll let you know when I do. Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there to talk you down. <laughs> no, you'll be there saying, take more, take more. Right. I took this pill and it's just it's it's not working. 30 minutes in, you said it's supposed to work. I don't feel a thing. I'll, let me take more. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing, nothing at all. Oh, man. Well, all right. It, aside from New Year's, we wish all of you out there a happy new year. We're very happy that you've uh, chosen to, to stay with us here. Uh, at the Anti Up podcast, we got a lot going on with this podcast. This podcast uh, is going to be going through some transformations here uh, throughout the uh, throughout 2021. We're gonna, you know, because we got to mix in some basketball. We got to mix in a lot of betting. Uh, and you know what, Adam? I'm also uh, because I know you're a huge NBA guy, and I try to, you know, kind of pick up things here and there. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm, uh, I'm looking at a lot of fantasy hockey coming up in the, uh, in, in the next couple of weeks here, the season starts on the 13th and I'm getting back into it. Uh, I, I miss my Rangers. I, I, you know, kind of left them when they signed Eric Lindros way back after mortgaging their whole entire existence for a Stanley cup. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm ready to come back and I'm going to do it with fantasy hockey. So, uh, get ready for some puck talk, buddy. Yeah, I just don't have the capacity to include hockey. I'm so into baseball, football, and basketball. I love hockey. I think it's a great sport to watch in person. I'm a huge Rangers fan, although probably last year was the least amount of hockey I watched. I mean, part of it was the Rangers weren't any good. I mean, they were competitive for a while, but they were kind of rebuilding. But it looks like they do have a, a bright future. 
So I'll watch some hockey here and there. The reason is, is just because I'm so much more invested in basketball, especially sports betting, that you tend to watch those games more. And it does give you a lot of stress. So <laughs> I don't know why I do it to myself. But uh, yeah, if you're going to be giving out picks every day like I am on wageralarm.com, you kind of have to watch the game. So it steers me away from hockey a little bit. Well, and I think that that's one of the things that what we can start doing here on this show um, we could start bringing in some uh, some other people from the Fantasy Alarm family. This uh, this can stay you and me, um, but you know we'll bring in guys like Justin Fensterman and John Impemba and James Grande. Uh, they can talk a little bit of uh, basketball with you, and I can help glean some of that uh, knowledge from you guys. And then we'll bring on Chris Moraes and Andrew Dewhurst from Fantasy Alarm and. Uh, and talk some hockey as well. So I think what we're going to, you know, we're going to kind of cover all of this, but I, I think really until we start talking, you know, like hardcore fantasy baseball, I think a lot of our conversation is going to stay on the wagering side, uh, you know, as we go through it. I mean, we've got the NFL playoffs, we're going to do NBA betting, we're going to do some NHL betting as well. Uh, and then that'll kind of just ease us into, spring training and and fantasy baseball talk and then throughout the season there but then obviously we uh we shift with uh more betting uh obviously with fantasy baseball or re regular baseball should we say you know futures everything like that so lots of stuff going on here at the uh at the Annie up podcast uh and just get ready because this is just going to keep growing it's going to keep getting better and better now adam let's uh let's talk a little bit let's we got football now it's still front and center. Um, how'd week 17 finish out for you? I mean, obviously, you know, no, none of our fantasy leagues were playing. Uh, some interesting games that we uh, that we got to watch. Betting was uh, a little tough at times. There were a couple of games that didn't really go the, uh, the way I thought they would, or uh, spread-wise, that is. Um, overall, uh, week 17 for you, is it still just a throwaway week? Uh, I did some player props, and I think I, uh, Justin Jefferson over yards. It was weird because on one book, it was like 83, and then it was like in the 70s and another. So, you know, I try to – I always do that. When I'm doing my player prop article for NBA on wageralarm.com, I sift through the books and give the best odds. So if I see minus 120, minus 115, minus 110, I'm going to give you the minus 110. Cause, and that's one thing – people who are getting into, I think some people get used to just using one book. You should try and have a few, obviously, depending on the state you're in. Obviously, I'm in Jersey, so I have BetMGM, I have FanDuel, DraftKings, and it varies. So I was I was like, wait a second, how is Justin Jefferson like in the 73, 74, and then one book had it like over 80? So you obviously, want, if you're taking the over, you want to stay away from the 81. So I, ha I had him I had Nelson Aguilar over 49 and a half yards. He did it on the first, his first catch. And it was his only catch for 57 yards. And I had Derrick Henry first touchdown of the game and he scored the first touchdown. So I got that. I thought I had AJ Brown over yards and I'm like going to my books and I'm like, wait a second, where is it? And I couldn't find it. I was like, I could have sworn I put that in. So that pissed me off because he went over it too. So yeah, it was more of a player props week, and especially with some of those where you knew that they needed incentives uh, or, let, you know, I guess I should have went hindsight, Lamar Jackson rushing yards because we knew he needed a certain amount to get to 1,000. But that's kind of what week 17 was for me. I really, yeah, I don't 
Yeah, I didn't put anything on the lines. It was all player props for me in week 17 and uh, went pretty well. Had I known what kind of a good buddy Tom Brady was, I would have done a lot of a lot more player props on the uh, on the Bucks, right? All these guys had all these incentive clauses in their contracts, and Brady's literally he's like, oh, oh Antonio Brown, you get you get two hundred fifty thousand if you do what? Oh, here you go, here's a touchdown for you. Uh, hit Godwin a couple of times. Hit tried to hit Evans uh, until the knee injury came out, and. Uh, yeah, it was it was very nice. So overall here, um, I finished above 500 uh, on my picks against the spread, uh, although really it wasn't. I, I went from, you know, last year I was probably at like 58%, and this year I was only at like 52%. So, uh, you know, I'll just blame COVID, right? Can we just yeah, do that? Not? Can we just blame COVID? No doubt about it. You can. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Um, as far as the uh, the NFL playoffs go, I mean, how are you feeling about this? I mean, let's talk about uh, some of these matchups that we've got coming up. We'll start off in the NFC because uh, your Cowboys, oh, so close. Not really. But still close. Um, this weekend here, uh, in the uh, first round of the playoffs, you got Saints against Bears. Seahawks against the Rams, Washington against Tampa. You know, I, I tell you, it seems pretty pretty easy to kind of take the favorite. I mean, you know, Saints over the Bears. I, I can't imagine the Rams doing anything without Jared Goff. Um, and then, I mean, while Washington's the higher seed, Tampa Bay is easily going to be the favorite in this uh, in this game here. Yeah, I mean, really not exciting games here at all in the NFC. And Washington-Tampa Bay should not be a primetime game. The only reason this game is is Tom Brady. I mean, I'm sorry. It just shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. That primetime game should have been Ravens-Titans. I don't know why they put that at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That should have been 8 o'clock Saturday night. But Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard to see Washington winning this game. I know their defense has been excellent. Uh, but Alex Smith is just not a threat. It, 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 Tampa Bay's defense is not what it was, but it's still very good. So I don't see Washington winning this game. I, I just can't. Uh, the Saints-Bears, Saints are just a better team. I mean, the Bears kind of had a fortunate schedule. They got in. Uh, you know, Trubisky is prone to making mistakes. So I don't see the Saints losing this game. And with the game being Sunday, Alvin Kamara should be back. We'll see. Obviously, if it was Saturday, he wouldn't have been able to play. But we'll assume that he's okay. And is good to go. And then uh, Rams, Seahawks, my goodness. You talk about a boring game, man. I mean, this is – the total's 43. You know, everyone talks about Seattle's defense improving. Go look at the quarterbacks they faced over this stretch. It's terrible. So, yeah, they've been better, but their offense hasn't been good. I know they put up 26 this week. It took a while to get there. But they just faced the Rams two weeks ago. It was 20-9 to they won. And the other game they faced the Rams this year, they lost 23-16. So that means it'll probably be over and it'll be like 56 points total, right? Because <laughs> that's the way the NFL is. But, man, that you talk about a boring game, man, and the teams know each other very well. You know Jalen Ramsey's going to be on DK Metcalf. We saw Lockett have, like, his first good game in, like, since, what, week seven, week eight? Um, that's another thing, too. And we'll, we'll probably talk about this more down the road. But Tyler Lockett finishes, like, what, a top 15 wide receiver? So misleading, man. 
He had like four big games. He killed you in the second half of the season. So when people say, well, Lockett was a wide receiver too last year. He was a 15th in points. Very misleading, man. Look at how the points are distributed. He had almost half his points in like three games. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, four and a half. Well, didn't I mean, he, got- didn't he, have, he had double digit. He averaged double digit fantasy points, though, per game, didn't he? Yeah, based on four games where <laughs> he, he had big games. I'm just busting on you, man. No, Corey he- Davis or Tyler Lockett, who would you prefer? Uh, for next year? <laughs> for no year. <laughs> no, Lockett didn't even get double digit points in many games this year. I know. Oh, dude, it was. Uh, the, uh, listen, I've had this conversation multiple times, right? I, he, I think, what he, he finished up with uh, with a hundred catches and like sixty of them came in three games. Yeah, man. I it's mean, insane. Like that, four games. Yeah, it's that's crazy. why you have to. I mean, look, even okay, week sixteen, he three for forty four, four for thirty four in week fifteen. I mean, those games, those crush you. So four for twenty three in week twelve. Yeah, he had 200 yards, 100 yards. So 300 of his yards were in two games. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, and the, the funny thing is, too, I mean, how many people, how many people, in all honesty, how many people missed Tyler Lockett's like 200 yard, three touchdown game? Like, hmm, you, you draft you the guy, so? you, you start him in week one, right? You, you're like, okay, good. Eight for 92. You start him in week two, seven for 67 with a touchdown. You start him against Dallas, nine for 103 touchdowns. And then all of a sudden, it's like Miami shuts him down. Minnesota shuts him down. And all of a sudden, like, you know how reactionary fantasy players are. Like, I'm curious as to, like, you know, the two bum games there and then the bye week, how many people, like, actually went back to uh, to him in week seven as opposed to, you know, some flavor of the week who's just got a, a super soft matchup. Uh, I'm not sure because I don't remember offhand, but Seattle's offense was still playing well at that point. So I would think a lot of people did. I don't have them, so I don't know. And I played a lot of deeper leagues. So most of those guys, if I had a lock, he's pretty much starting a week. But I will say this I was ranking him high every single week just because of the Seattle offense. Right. And it wasn't until the last couple weeks that I really started to put him down. Uh, and obviously this week it was a mistake because he had a big, I think I still had him like, or just because this week you had players out, you had no Tyree kill and you had some teams where I, I like pushed the Pittsburgh receivers down. Cause I didn't know how much they were going to play. So he was probably, I probably still had him somewhere in the 2025 range this week, which means you were probably starting him. But yeah, I mean, it was reputation of the Seattle offense. You're like, Oh, it's Russell Wilson. And look at the target distribution. It's only Lockett and Metcalf. They really don't go to the tight ends much. So you just kept playing them. And uh, if you did, it kind of burned you. So, I mean, yeah, the overall, and I love Tyler Lockett as a player a lot, but you got to look at how it went this year. And yeah, overall, oh yeah, 100 catches, 1,054, 10 touchdowns, great year, but six touchdowns (laughs) came in two games. Actually, eight eight came in three games. Yeah, Eight touchdowns in three games. So that's when we talk about consistency. Um, You know, for best ball, he was great, right? Basketball, he was great this year because he gave you some huge weeks. You didn't have to worry about getting him or not. Um, but it was really more the second half. But that coincided with the Seattle offense. And I bet you when you look at Metcalf's numbers, it's the same. Like DK Metcalf, we were like, oh, this guy's top five wide receiver, money in the bank. He didn't have a lot of big games in the second half either. And that Seattle offense, it's amazing, man. Like this is two years in a row now 
they have just fallen off in the second half of the year. Yeah, they, they've been incredibly disappointing here in the second half of the year. They, they they end up with like a great draw with facing the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. But I mean, could you could you kind of you know look and see um, if uh, let's see who they they face the Rams uh, and then they'll end up you know just assuming that they're going to win, right? Let's just assume they'll play the Saints and they would face the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Which again, that you know, could could end up being a very interesting game. Uh, it could. I mean, Seattle has the experience; they have Russell Wilson. So, and we've seen the Saints kind of disappoint and lose games we didn't expect them to lose, like Minnesota last year. I still, the Saints would be at home. I know there's no fans. I don't know. Do the Saints have any fans? Do they have ten thousand? I don't even know. I don't even know who has fans. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make it. I don't know there. if it makes a difference at this point. Um. But yeah, I would I would take the Saints in that game. Look, I, I want to look in the NFC and go, all right, you know, there could be a team that upsets and makes a run. I just don't see it. I just don't. It's the top three teams are are the best. I mean, the Rams, I Goff, we don't know if he's 100 uh, percent I don't think Akers is 100 percent and they gave him uh 77 carries. Uh <laughs> I mean their defense is good, you know, when you got Ramsey to take out the opponents number one. But I don't trust Goff in a big spot. So it's hard not to see Saints Packers. It just really is. I mean, I guess the Bucs. Bucks could potentially. I mean, could the Bucs beat the Packers? Why not? They already did this year. They kicked the crap out of them. But it was early in the year. Yeah. Oh, I see the top three teams in the NFC as being the Packers, the Saints, and the Bucs. I, I don't yeah. put I don't put the Seahawks. I can't either, man. I just not the way they have played. I mean, this team is 12 and four and you just watch them play the last few weeks. And it's like, really? I mean, they lost to the Giants. They struggled to beat Washington. They struggled to beat a bad Rams offense. I mean, the 49ers, they only won by three. I mean, the 49ers have been decimated. Uh, They're just a team that's well coached and really played hard down the stretch. But uh, the Seattle struggled to beat the Eagles. They just, you know, they've done what they needed to do, obviously, winning six of their last seven, but they haven't been impressive at all. No, I I haven't seen much from, I mean, listen, if, if you're, if you're, if you're ranking them, you know, in the NFC right now, it's Packers, Saints, uh, Bucks for me um, as the top three, I'll give, I'll give the Seahawks the nod over the, the Bears. At this point, but that's just, uh, you know, Seahawks, Bears. Uh, then I would say, I mean, I, I man, toss it, toss it up between the Rams and Washington, right? I don't know. I, I guess, I guess the Rams get the edge just because of defense. I mean, but Washington's defense is good. Washington's, Chase well, their good. front seven is really yeah. good. Their secondary kind of sucks. Yeah. I would probably take the Rams slightly just because they do have, you know, Woods, Cup, Akers. I mean, the defense is good too. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, I, I, I think the NFC games this weekend suck. All right. Well, we'll stop then. We'll just you know, forget the NFC. I'm, I'm more <laughs> than happy to forget the NFC. Um, before we get to the AFC, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, if Adam was talking about player props, prop picks, prop games. Monkey Knife Fight 
is where you need to be. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, Adam, let's jump to the AFC. It's a lot more intriguing. And I'll tell you what, here's the thing, because, yeah, all three games, Bills-Colts, Steelers-Browns, Titans-Ravens, all three of these are going to be good games. I like, you know, I I like underdogs with points possibly right now uh, because I think that the games will stay all really close. I mean, far more competitive, and and I'll tell you, to, to actually pick who's going to come out of this uh, this first weekend of games, um, I, I think you're hard-pressed to, uh, to, to make these picks easy. Yeah, I don't think it's easy. Uh, I do think the Bills will beat the Colts. I got to decide if I'm going to take the points or not, but I just think this Bills team is on a roll right now, and I think they're a major threat to come out of the AFC. I just think the coaching staff has done a good job of putting players in position to succeed Love the offensive play calling. Josh Allen's confidence is an all-time high. They got John Brown back. Uh, defense has not been as good as we thought, but they've been better uh, at the end of the season. Uh, so I think they beat the Colts. I just don't see the Colts going in there and winning, but they could keep it close. Ravens-Titans is the toughest game. Uh, you know, the Titans are home and they're dogs by three and a half. Uh, the Ravens obviously have uh, played very well down the stretch, winning five in a row, even though they haven't really beaten anyone. Uh, Cowboys, I mean, the Browns was a good game. The Lamar Jackson uh, poop game uh, where he came back, it was 47-42. That was a good game. They beat up on Jacksonville. They beat the Giants. They beat the Bengals. So uh, they lost to the Titans 30-24. Uh, to uh, That was the week before the Steelers. So... They faced off and didn't the the Titans beat them in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, that was the big upset last year. Yeah, so I don't know. When I first saw this, I'm like, yeah, I like the Ravens, but I like the Titans too. The concern I have with the Titans is they're not a good defensive team. They don't generate pressure on the quarterback. So if you're going to give Lamar Jackson time to throw, he's going to find receivers and he's going to run. So the key is for Baltimore, they cannot fall behind. They're not built to come from behind. So they can't right. be down 14, nothing. Then they're in trouble. Then the pressure's on Lamar Jackson and they have to go a little bit away from their offense. Uh, for Tennessee, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know if they could slow down Baltimore. So this game's tough for me. Uh, I'm, my initial lean is Baltimore, but I'm not sure yet. I kind of go back and forth on this one. And I think this is the best game of the weekend. And we already have a total of 55, man. Uh, so that's, to me, the most exciting game. And it's 1 o'clock on Sunday. And I, I love the Steelers over the Browns. Uh, even though the Steelers have struggled towards the end of the season, I just don't think the Browns can hang with them. Uh, I think they're going to get Baker Mayfield under pressure. And uh, I like the Steelers in this game. So, all right. So we'll, I'll start there with Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I, I agree with you. I mean, it was so funny. We were talking about the fact that the Steelers, you know, were like that team that was going to end up like losing every game down the stretch and then coming into the playoffs and like all of a sudden running the table. Um, you know, Cleveland to me, it, it's weird. Like, and, I, and I'm not really sure of of why they do this. I don't know if, if Stefanski's like uh, overthinking it or, or whatnot, but you know, he deviates away from the, the basic ground game plan that he should be sticking with nonstop. Like when you watch Minnesota play, all right, Dalvin cook is getting the ball and he's getting the ball a lot and he's getting it consistently over and over again. And they aren't putting in a change of pace back. All right. They're just, it's Dalvin Cook nonstop. I don't understand why the Cleveland Browns don't do that with Nick Chubb. I get it. You get a guy like Kareem Hunt in there who's a really great complimentary back. And, and you throw him in there and, and, and he can do a lot of things. But you know what? We've also seen this offense completely sputter with Kareem Hunt in a, in a lead role. And we've also, you know, just when Stefanski just doesn't run the ball heavily with Chubb early over and over and over again, he puts the team in jeopardy. Like they, they literally, they should have lost this game to the Steelers backups. Right. I mean, like, why are you alternating with Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt in, in the first quarter? Like it makes no sense. Chubb is running successfully. He needs the volume. He thrives off the volume. He just rushed for a big-ass touchdown. Why are you pivoting over to Kareem Hunt instead of just pounding the ball down the opposition's throat? And I think if Stefanski actually did that, it gives Cleveland a far better chance to win this game uh, than with what they're doing. Yeah, Chubb had 14 carries, averaged 7.7 yards a pop. Kareem Hunt had 10, averaged 3.7. I mean, Chubb is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and you've got to give him the bigger workload. If you're going to use Kareem Hunt, use him more in the passing game. Uh, and they're, I mean, Chubb should be getting 2025. You should be treating this guy like Derek Henry. You really yeah. should if you want to win this game. So uh, I, I just think that Pittsburgh is going to find enough here to get by. Uh, they've obviously had a tough time running the ball, but they got those receivers. <laughs> And I just think they're going to get Baker Mayfield under pressure. And I'm not sure he's going to be able to handle that. So we saw earlier this year the Steelers beat up on the Browns. That was when the Steelers were, were peaking. It was back in early in the season. I think it was like week six, week seven. Uh, I can't really take anything away from week 17. As you mentioned, Steelers pretty much playing, well, backup quarterback. We saw the receivers in there a little bit. But uh, I'll – 
I'll take Pittsburgh in this game. You know, Pittsburgh has that experience. They've been there. First playoff game for Cleveland in a long time. Uh, they've had a great year, but I don't think they're ready to win a playoff game in Pittsburgh. All right. Um, Colts, I think, give a uh, put up a better fight than than you know what I think a lot of people think. Like, I get it, man. Buffalo looks fantastic right now. They really do. Josh Allen's been ridiculous throughout the season. Um, you know, all these people who are saying, you know, Josh Allen MVP, I always like to just kind of throw in the reminder so that everybody knows it's like, Hey, listen, <clears throat> you want to, you, the surefire way to improve somebody's accuracy and completion percentage is you give them an elite tight end. Who's got the wingspan of a seven forty seven and hands made out of glue. And that's what Stefan Diggs did. Um, you know, I don't know if Josh Allen has the growth from year to year, without having an elite pass catcher like Stefan Diggs. So, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to like poo-poo on Cole Beasley. And I know John John Brown brings a little bit of a nice element. Gabriel Davis does too. Um, but, I mean, you know, Diggs there was... Helped, but I don't think... I think Allen deserves credit too. I don't think one receiver is going to jump your completion percentage 11%. And 20 touchdowns to 37? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, again, I don't want to take away from, from what Allen did. I think Allen, he's definitely grown. It, it just, what I'm saying is, is that it, it's definitely helped having Diggs there. Of course. But I, I also think Allen's just watching him. You could see the decisions he made much better decisions. There were decisions last year. He would have forced the ball. He would have ran. Instead, he stayed back in the pocket. He waited, he waited, found an open receiver. So I think he's made tremendous growth. I actually think he should be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he'll get it. We know it's going to be Rodgers or Mahomes. But Rodgers basically, okay, Rodgers took a big stick, step up statistically, but the Packers were good last year, right? I mean, they were good last year. They're good again. Uh, Mahomes, we expect that from him every year. I mean, Allen took Buffalo to another level. He took them to a two seed and a division title. So it all depends on how you define MVP. That's the problem. Everyone has a different definition. Is it the best player in the sport or is it the most valuable to his team? Because Rodgers has always been valuable to his team. I mean, Rodgers took this team last year to the NFC Championship. So his numbers went up, sure, but the team was just as successful. Kansas City, obviously, is a Super Bowl team, and Mahomes put up great numbers. Uh, Josh Allen saw a huge step up. I mean, the dude threw for 17 more touchdowns than last year and elevated his team to another level. So he's not going to get it, though. We know he's not going to get it. But I do think he deserves consideration. He's not going to get it, though. It'll be, I guess, is Rodgers still a favorite now? I mean, I know he passed. I haven't checked. I don't really care about the MVP crap. But I believe, <laughs> I think after last week, Rodgers was the Vegas favorite. I guess he has to be now because Mahomes didn't play, right? I mean, I could check real quick, but I'm, I, I I'm looking at it right now. Actually, I'm pulling it up just so I can see because, yeah, just uh, awards MVP. Yeah, Rogers at minus two thousand right now. Oh Josh Allen's goodness. actually number two at wow. plus nine hundred. Oh, look at that! Okay, right. I didn't Mahomes, think that. Mahomes at plus sixteen hundred. Derrick Henry at plus five thousand. Yeah, <sighs> Rogers is gonna get it, dude. Padded his stats. Yeah, Ugh. he did. Yeah, he, he definitely did. did. How many freaking times? Look, I get it. He has Devontae Adams, but there were so many times he was throwing inside the five. And look, you can't really argue when it works, right? It's one thing if he like had like eight straight attempts inside the five and they were incomplete. Like, okay, stop. It's not working. Hand it off to Aaron Jones. But it was working. And the guy had 48 
Dude, he had a 48 touchdowns, man. By far a career high at age 37 coming off his last two years, 26 and 25 touchdowns. We've had this discussion before. I have no idea like how this dude all of a sudden threw 22 more touchdowns this year without any improvements to the team. It's amazing. It's definitely amazing. No improvements. Like literally, like, you know, I had this whole conversation, you know, between him and Brady and, you know, like these, you know, these old timers here and like Brady, Brady got everything he wanted. He wanted a new running back. They gave him Leonard Fournette. He wanted a new wide receiver. They gave him Antonio Brown. He wanted a new tight end. They gave him Gronk. Meanwhile, poor Aaron Rodgers is like, he can't get like, he (laughs) couldn't get a squirt of piss out of anybody. Uh, in that organization, and they traded up to grab his replacement. So <laughs> it was just, it was unreal. So, um, all right. I, but, uh, and I'll say this Buffalo's defense is definitely breakable. You know, they give up about 120 yards uh, per game on the ground. Um, and with the way that, that you're getting a peak performance now from, uh, from Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, I, I think that that's something that we definitely have to, uh, you know, kind of focus on, especially if, I mean, it's bills minus six and a half right now. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's uh, all right. So bills minus six and a half, you know, listen, if they, if they're giving up chunk yardage to Jonathan Taylor, uh, and even, you know, you talk about Naeem Hines coming in as a, uh, as a change of pace. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, if you, to, you know, here you go. This is the credit to Josh Allen. Uh, the best way to beat the Bills is to keep Josh Allen off the field. So if you're getting some Philip Rivers dink and dunk passing and you're getting a heavy ground game there to try and control the clock, um, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the Colts in a uh, in, in a crazy upset. Uh, I would be surprised if they won this game. I'd be surprised too, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Oh my God, it'll never happen in a million oh, years." Of course, yeah, it definitely could happen. Uh, I just, I also think, you know, the Colts, the uh, they've had a lot of favorable matchups on the ground. I, I think Jonathan Taylor is really good. You know, I expected this from him before the year, even though I didn't draft him anywhere, but I expected him to have a big year. So I'm not surprised that he finished the season strong. But it got the Texans twice, Raiders, Jacksonville, and we knew Jacksonville was dumb this week. So, uh, and then Rivers is prone to turnovers. They really don't have big-time receivers. You got to think, you know, Tredavious White will take out, I don't know if he'll shadow Hilton, probably not, but he'll be on Hilton a little bit. No one else has really stepped up to make plays. Pittman's kind of been a disappointment. So, and the Colts' defense is not as good as it was early in the year. No, no, it's definitely not as good as it was early on in the year. I will give you that. But it is still a solid defense. It's definitely a solid defense. I mean, listen, if you've got DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, um, you know, those guys in there, um, it's it's definitely it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I give you I'll tell you this, man. Yeah, a thousand percent right. AFC way better games uh than the NFC. So I mean at least at least we know that Sunday will be an, an entertaining day. Um, and then obviously Saturday gets the, uh, the, the Bills-Colts game. Yeah, I mean, look, that, at least it's spread out. Who knows? Maybe we get surprised, right? How many times do we say, oh, that's going to be a terrible game and it winds up being a good one? So it's certainly possible. Uh, but, man, 
there's no way the Bucks Washington should be in prime time. Sorry, it just shouldn't be. And it's all because of Brady. That's the only reason. I mean, that's my guess. That game should not be a primetime game. It's probably, I don't know if it's the worst, but it's one of the worst. Colts Bills deserves more primetime than that. The Ravens Titans should have been. Uh, they already put Brown Steelers Sunday night primetime. But Bucks Washington, Which, we just there you saw go Washington. Again. I think I think Tennessee Baltimore definitely over Pittsburgh Cleveland. Like I that agree. Was I, I'm surprised. Why? Why did they do that? I don't understand. Lamar Jackson's a draw. Tennessee's a fun team. You have Derrick Henry, two thousand yards. AJ Brown. I don't understand it's this. Big, it's the big rematch from last year. I don't get it. I mean, look, the Steelers are a draw across the country. But I don't understand. I'm sorry. I mean, Ravens-Titans, to me, is by far the best game of the weekend. And, you know, you don't even need – all you need to do is look at the lines. you got a road team as a favorite, right? And like you said, rematch of last year, these teams faced off. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea why that's not the, a primetime game. That, that, to me, is the best game of the weekend. And maybe we turn out wrong and it's a blowout. But going into it, to me, it, I'm the most excited to watch that game this weekend. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I, that's the, the game that excites me the most. I think the, it's not. I think Bill's Colts actually excites me more. Nah, I'm more excited Ravens Titans because I'm not sure who's going to win. I mean, Titans have been unbelievable going back to last year. Tannehill's playing great. AJ Brown, Derek Henry, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Browns come alive. JK Dobbins. You know, Ravens last year were a top team, got upset by this team. The Titans made a run. I just think all the storylines, the players, I mean, so many players that are fun to watch here. A.J. Brown, what he could do after the catch, Henry, Tannehill, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Des Bryant maybe throws up the X. I mean, this has it all. Oh, Des, Des Bryant <laughs> throwing up the X? Come on. He has two touchdowns in the last three games. It's not I ludicrous. know, I know, but still, I can't, that, that I can't rely on. I'd rather I'd rather sift through and try and find like a good revenge game narrative somewhere than you know, to talk as, about Des Bryant with throwing up the X. As good as the Colts are, they're kind of boring, man. It's Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you really like I look, I have been a huge Phil Rivers fan, but the dude's throwing punts. So I don't know, man. I just don't find them very exciting to watch outside of watching Jonathan Taylor run. See, I, I mean, I like watching Jonathan Taylor run and uh, and I love watching their defense. I definitely love watching their defense. That's uh, that's definitely they were they were like they were my top pick coming into the season. Uh, they had a couple of you know stinker games there, but I mean everybody puts up a, a stinker game here and there. Um, I just I, I really like this uh, this team's defense, and I think you know it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see how the corners handle Stefan Diggs. That's gonna be an interesting one. You know, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore, Rock Yassine. Uh, I mean, these are, this is going to be an interesting matchup, to to say the least. I, I think so. I, I get I get it that, you know, you, you definitely prefer uh, Titans-Ravens. Okay, but still, two games we picked out, they're both at 1 o'clock. I know. And for right? you, and for you, it's 10 a.m. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. At least... I mean, you couldn't at least move one of them to the middle, like Rams Seahawks. So I guess basically they said, all right, watch Colts Bill is going to be great. Then you could take a nap for Rams Seahawks because you won't see any offense because that is the lowest total of the week, right? Yeah. 
you have the two two low totals here in, at Saturday, 43 and 45 and a half for the 440 and 815. And again, it doesn't mean that it will be, but I mean, on paper, man, it, I don't know. But hey, at least we have football. At least we've got football, right? We definitely didn't think we were getting here, man, right? I mean, imagine, imagine with everything that we sat there talking about with COVID to to start the season. And then what was it? Week three? Was that the the Steelers and uh, Steelers Titans? Big uh, mess? Yeah, three or four, because I think the Steelers, yeah, I think they have wound up having to buy in week four. So, yeah, I think it was week four. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, that was... Where is it? Where is it? I'm looking right now. Oh, uh, yeah. They had a buy in week four. Yeah. Sick. Just crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. And here we are now. We're in the wild card round. We got three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Uh, and we move on and we move forward. So, um, all right. Well, I, I think, you know what? Just that's, that's a nice little primer coat for everybody for this week. We got a lot to deal with. Uh, this week, including making picks, uh, we'll do some player props um, as well. Uh, maybe we'll even splash in a little NBA because uh, you know how much Adam likes the sweat. He loves the sweat. And it's so it, it, you get so grumpy when you don't make a right call. And I love that. I like the grumpiness. Yeah, well, uh, OK, <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> I don't like getting stuff wrong, but. Uh, NBA has been definitely crazy so far to start this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. it definitely has. Um, we'll see what happens with NHL. Is it going to start off just as crazy? Ooh, don't know, don't know. But yeah, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, again, appreciate all you guys who uh, like and subscribe the podcast here, the Andy Up podcast. Uh, big stuff happening, like I said, so I don't need to reiterate. You just heard it in the beginning of the show. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. It's been the Annie Up Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.